for this is what it means to be the church. And I love uh, Jim's sermon last week. And if you didn't get a chance to see it, go back online and check it out. As we covered Mark chapter 12, especially if you're new here with us today, one, I wanna say welcome. Uh, but we thought what we found in Mark chapter 12 is this, Jesus got asked this deep question, what is the most important law in the entire Bible? 613 laws, you know what Jesus says? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he said this, love your neighbor as yourself. May love your neighbor as yourself. And I love what Jim said, and this really defines what the church is when it, when it comes to saying yes to God, when it comes to community. I love what he said. He said, community is messy, but we're in this together. And man, life is messy and life is overwhelming, but we are in this together as a church family. And I just want to let you know that, that we are walking with you no matter what is going on in your life. Uh, and today we wrap up in Mark chapter 14. We've been walking through the book of Mark, uh, written uh, really by one of the eyewitness accounts. What a lot of people believe is Mark wrote the eyewitness account of Peter. And so really this is Peter's story and his you know, following of watching what Jesus said yes to. And the reason why we're doing this yes series and why we're wrapping up today is this. Sometimes as Christians, here's what we get the rap for. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a Christian, all you do is say no to life, right? No fun, you know, don't do this. That's just the whole list that we have about the Bible. The Ten Commandments are you better not or the lightning bolt's coming, you know, and that's kind of the reputation, what we find. But what you find in the book of Mark is this, Jesus actually said yes more than what we realize. And what we're trying to get a hold of and wrap our minds and our hearts around is this, Jesus actually rooted his no. When he said no to things, it was because he rooted his life in a deeper yes. And see, the invitation for you and I today is this, not to start with just saying no to things in the world, but by saying yes to Jesus and to say yes to everything that Jesus has for us. And matter of fact, today we're gonna find, some of us, we don't know what to say yes to in life. Jesus is gonna give us the best yes that we could ever say. If you're confused in life today, he's gonna to give you some clarity. He's gonna give you a prayer to pray, no matter what you're going through. Because what I found is this, it's not if you and I will become overwhelmed in life. The real question is this, what do you and I do when we are overwhelmed? Where do we go? It's happened a lot, even this past month, I've had all sorts of conversations all over the board with some of my friends who are thinking about changing careers. Nothing is bad in their job, but they're going, man, I feel like God's calling me to do this. And then their question is this, but I don't know if that job's gonna be stable. And so what do I do? I feel like God's calling me to do that, but I'm not sure. What do I say? What do I do? Had conversations with friends during this whole time of COVID. They go, you know what? I've developed some really bad habits. Some really bad habits that I've got rid of a long time ago, man, they've crept back in and, and, and they're coming in and what they're talking about is they're, they're talking about the consequences of sin that are coming back in their life and they're going, man, I really don't know how to deal with the consequences of sin. And we find ourselves navigating this and what Jesus does in Mark chapter 14 is he is gonna line out for us how you and I can keep saying yes when we find ourselves overwhelmed. See, this is the beauty of Jesus. He's not just a deity, he also became part of humanity. I don't know about you, but one of my biggest mistakes I made growing up reading the Bible was this. I went, yeah, yeah, Jesus came down from heaven to earth, but he was really kind of like Superman, right? Like if you pull back his robe, it was like a man of steel, right? Yeah, 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 he had skin on, but I bet he didn't go through what I went through. I bet his heart didn't feel the pain I feel. And when you read the scripture, actually what you find is this, Jesus was 100% God, but he was 100% man as well. He knew 
what you and I have gone through. Matter of fact, what we're going to find today, he has gone through more than you and I will ever go through in life. See, this is why we've got to pay attention and give Jesus our yes. He has gone through everything that we have gone through, and he is the one who is victorious. He is the one who has said yes more and more than we ever will, and we live out of his yes. If you have your journal or you're taking notes, I want to invite you to write this down. This is kind of the big idea that we're going to find here in Mark chapter 14 is this, is that our imperfect situation is the perfect situation for you and I to say yes to God. Too many times, this is my problem, I'm waiting for life to get perfect before I start acting on it. And see, what God is saying is this, in your imperfect situation, your imperfect place is the perfect place for you to say yes to Jesus. For you to begin to say, okay, God, maybe life isn't the way I want it to be. Maybe there's some changes in my life, but God, I want to say yes. And what I'm finding is this, when we say yes to Jesus, it's never just real easy, is it? It's always complex. I remember one of the times that I, was probably the most difficult time I said yes to Jesus was 22 years ago. Matter of fact, it'll be 22 years ago next month. And it was when my parents came to me and they said, hey, we think the Lord is calling us to move from Las Vegas to New Albany, Indiana, because that's what people do in Vegas, right? You leave Vegas, right, for Southern Indiana. That's what everybody does, right? No, that's what everybody's trying to do out here in the Midwest. It's like, let's get out of town. And they came to me. I'm a junior in high school. And they said, Nathan, we believe that, that God is calling us to, to go pastor this, this church in New Albany. And, and they said this, we know it's your junior year of high school. And we don't want to move you because, you know, psychologists will tell you, if you want to jack up your kids, move them, right? Which I moved four times as a kid might explain a little bit about who I am, right? You're like, I thought you were jacked up. That's right, you know? And, and so here's the deal. My, my parents came to me and they said, but listen, because it's your junior year of high school, if you don't want to move, we won't move. We want to honor where you're at. So as a mature junior in high school, I immediately said, we ain't moving. <laughs> didn't pray about it. Didn't even have to think about it. Nope. Right, I've been there since sixth grade. I'm graduating with my friends. Except a couple weeks later, Holy Spirit started speaking into my life. Didn't hear an audible voice, but you know how the Spirit will just speak into your heart. You might read something in the Bible. There might be something in there. Might be, he'll drop a thought in your mind. You got to wrestle with it. And this is what the Spirit put in my heart. Nate, this is all the Holy Spirit said to me. Nate, you have one year of high school left. Your dad has 20 years of ministry left. And that was it. Mic drop. And it was in this complex moment as a junior in high school, I'm going, yeah, but God, what if I don't make friends? And what about this? And what about all this? And this and this and this and this and this. See, it's never really easy just in, to say yes to Jesus, is it? See, too many times it's like, just say yes. And we negate all the circumstances about what's going on in our life. What happened was this. I ended up after praying about it, a lot of tears going, okay, God. Finally said a yes to Jesus. And I just want to let you know, man, it has not been easy. Not everything has been smooth sailing and all this other stuff. But I just want to let you know, next month will be 22 years. I have never regretted one time saying yes to Jesus. See, this is the hope that you and I have, man, of just going God over and over again. And not just for me. This hope is for you that in this complex situation, Maybe he is asking you to change careers. Maybe he is asking you to rely on him right now. You, you're single and you're going, I want to be in a relationship. Or you're finding yourself in these things and he's going, I know, but here's what I want. In the complexity of your life, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to keep saying yes to me. 
And that's what we find in the life of Jesus. When life got tough, when life got overwhelming, he just kept saying yes to his father. Yes, God, I want what you want. God, I want your kingdom. Matter of fact, I want us to look at this and, and I want to do something a little bit different. I'm going to read all 10 verses because Jesus' best yes, what we're going to find is this. It is complex. It's painful. There's hardship. Too many times we think just saying yes to Jesus is this easy, floating on a pillow, you know, cloud decision. And saying yes to Jesus actually might be one of the most strenuous, stressful things you ever do. Welcome to following your heavenly father. See, life gets real with Jesus because he created your life and he made your life and he has plans for your life and he, fuel, and he fuels your life with his Holy Spirit and he invites you and I into his life. What I wanna do is I wanna read these 10 verses here in Mark chapter 14 because we're gonna see the circumstances that Jesus was in when he said yes and then what we're gonna find is he's gonna give us his best yes. That no matter where you are today, he's gonna give you your best yes whether you're not a follower of Jesus or not and you go, what does it really mean to follow God? He's gonna give you that answer. If you've been a 25 year follower of God, he's gonna give you the best yes to say for the rest of your life. And listen what it says in Mark chapter 14. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll be up on the screen. Listen to what it says in verse 32. It says, they, the disciples, went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. Now, here's what's happening. This is Jesus' last night before he goes to the cross, last night on earth. Right before that, Judas has betrayed him, one of his best friends. You and I know that feeling. Maybe of a best friend betraying you. Maybe you've let a friend down and you know that weight of letting somebody down. Jesus is experiencing this. And so the disciples, they get away to the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus says to his disciples, sit here while I pray. But then he took Peter, James, and John along with him. And he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. Pay attention to these words. Jesus was deeply distressed in trouble. We're going to come back to that in a second. And then he says this, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Do you hear what's going on in his life? And he said to them, stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and he prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Talking about having to go to the cross. Going, God, this is painful. But then he said this, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. And then here's the best yes. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Most painful moment, not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. That's some good friends, right? The most painful moment of your life and you text a friend, hey man, can you talk? Not now. Cool, thanks a lot. Great, right? You know, going through the most painful time. Jesus comes back and his disciples are sleeping. Simon, he said, Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour with me? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation because the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Once more, he went away and he prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping, great friends, because their eyes were heavy and they did not know what to say to them. Returning the third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting enough? 
The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go, because here comes my betrayer. Boy, I just want to invite you. I mean, we only have about 25 minutes here to walk through this passage today, this week. I want to invite you to go back and read over those 10 verses. There is so much going on in this passage. So much emotion, so much conflict, so much obedience to who God is. Because see, when you and I say yes, it's never without being overwhelmed and it's never without complexities, but it involves all of us. This is why, and I was just struck in verse 34 this week about how real and honest Jesus was with his disciples when he said this, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. You ever been to a place in your life where somebody comes up to you and they know what's going on and they say, hey, how are you dealing with that? How are you doing with that? And this is what we say to him, man, it's killing me. Man, it's killing me. What you're saying is it's taking life out of me. Man, it is overwhelming me. And Jesus is at this point. He's going, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Man, my, my soul, as a matter of fact, the word right before it where it says he was deeply distressed and troubled, actually that word troubled is the deepest word in the Bible for being depressed. If you've ever faced depression in your life, just emotional depression, overwhelm, your Savior has faced it as well. See, Jesus isn't just somebody who's up there. Jesus is somebody who's right here. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're going through that too? Yeah, yeah, I've been there. I've been there. I'm with you. See, this is, we have a high priest who can sympathize with us. He's walked in our shoes. He's gone down the journey that we've been in in our life. And I, here's what I love about him. This is what he's telling us. He's given permission for you and I today to say this. It's okay to not be okay. Some of us, we feel like Christians, you just can't say things aren't okay in life, right? You come in today, hey, how's everything going? Oh, great. How's this? Incredible. I'm like, really? It's 2021. Is anything incredible? Right, you're lying in church, right? Oh no, life is awesome. No, 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 you know what happens in this passage? Jesus says, no, right now, life is painful. My soul is overwhelmed. But did you notice this? He had his 12 disciples and then he took three disciples, Peter, James, and John, and he took them aside and he began to really reveal what's going on in his heart and his life. And what he's saying is this, one, we have permission to tell one another when life is not okay. But you know what else is he saying his here? Don't go tell everybody on Facebook. All right? I mean, it's deep in the Greek. You'll find it if you study, right? But what happens is this. Jesus is going, just don't go blaring everything out about what's going on in your heart and your life. But you know what? He's saying this. It's okay to say, man, I'm not okay, but here's what we need. And this is why we need life groups. This is why we need one another. Because we need a few brothers and sisters around us that we share what's going on in our life. Why would Jesus do that? Because he was not just fully God. He was fully human. What Jesus knows is this, you and I, we need each other. When life is getting overwhelming, when we don't know how to process, man, sometimes, you know, for, for me, I know sometimes somebody will call, hey, Nate, do you have a chance to talk? Yeah, yeah, and I'll talk with them. And man, they'll just spill their guts and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then at the end of it, I won't even say anything. You're like, man, thanks for talking. I'm like, well, I just listened. I didn't really talk, right? And what they're really saying is this, thank you for letting me share the sorrow of my heart what I'm carrying. See, this is what we have to understand as the church. We were made, Jim talked about this last week, we were made to help carry one another's burdens. Matter of fact, this is our calling as the church, to walk with one another, to help one another, 
to where we don't be alone in this. But this is what I love about Jesus. He's going, hey, here's what it is. My life is overwhelmed. And then he brings his overwhelmed heart to the heavenly father. And it says, going a little bit further, he fell to the ground and he prayed, if it's possible that the hour might pass from me. He begins to pray to his father going, God, my life is overwhelming. Sometimes we're embarrassed to cry out to God. You should never be embarrassed to cry out to God. Never feel bad, never feel like, man, where's your faith? No, 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 no. This is exactly what Jesus did when he was overwhelmed. He brought his heart to his heavenly father. And what we find is this, the best yes is actually a prayer. And he says this, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, but not what I will, but what you will. See, the best yes, you and I could ever say in our life is actually a prayer. You may wanna write this down. If you're confused in life right now, if you're trying to seek things out, you know what the best thing you can pray? Not just now, but the rest of your life. And this is our hope that this series will help cultivate this in your life, that you'll create some new ruts in your life is this. When you come in those moments of life where you're overwhelmed or you're starting something new, that we would simply pray the prayer of Jesus that says this, not what I will, but what you will. You wanna see your marriage change? God, not what I will, but what you will. You wanna see your heart and your mind changed when life is overwhelming, when there's circumstances that are pressing in? This is the prayer Jesus prays. Father, not what I will, but what you will. What you will. See, this is the best yes that you and I could pray. It's the best yes that it's not just for this moment, but it's over and over again. This is why he prayed it. This is what I love. One of my mentors, he gave me this uh, uh, quote. His name's, name is Dan Spader. And listen to what he says about yes. He says, yes is the word of obedience. See, this is what Jesus is doing in this moment. When life is overwhelming, he's obeying his heavenly father. Yes is the word of obedience. And obedience is God's love language. You, you want God You want to get right with God and just be able to feel like him in your life and moving. You know what it is? Just begin to obey him. Father, not what I will, but what you will. God, not what I want, what you want. And what he's going to find is this. You're going to find his life at work in you. This is his love language. Matter of fact, this is what I love about Jesus' prayer. There's three things here about his prayer. If you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to write down. First thing is this. He had a real relationship with his heavenly father. When he said, Abba, Father, a lot of times we don't walk around saying, Abba, Father. You know what he's really saying? He's not dressing up the name, oh, holy God, in the sky, whoever you are. He's not saying that. You know what he's saying? When he says, Abba, Father, you know what he's saying? This, Dad, Dad. Anybody remember growing up with landline phones and you would call somebody and be like, hey, is Craig there? And someone from the phone, you know, from the family would answer. You know, at first they would answer, hello. Right, you know, they'd be real kind, like, hey, is Craig there? And they go, just one second, Craig! Someone's on the phone for you, right? And then after a little while, it's like, pick up the phone, Craig. He'll be right here, right? You know, you're like, you're like, wait, 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 wait. I hear the the two ways you're talking, right? You're talking to me like this nice person. You're yelling at my friend Craig, right? In this moment, you know what Jesus is doing? He's not dressing up his language. He's talking straight from his heart to his heavenly father. Do you know that your heavenly father really wants to hear how you actually talk. He don't want you to dress things up. He wants a real relationship with you. 
That's what Jesus has given us right here. Dad, Dad, I'm overwhelmed. And then he says this. He has an honest confession. This is, this is the power of prayer. The honest confession is this. Take this cup from me. God wants to hear what's on your heart. God, I'm scared to death right now. God, my tank is empty right now. God, I don't know how I'm going to go forward right now. God, I don't know how I'm going to make it. God, I don't know if I can get over this. God, I don't know if I can forgive them. God, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He wants to hear what you don't know. He wants to hear what you're struggling with. He wants to hear where you're just going, God, my soul is overwhelmed to the point of death. And then Jesus does this. He surrenders his will to him. God, here's what's on my heart. Take this cup from me. All things are possible for me. I know you can do it, but here's the deal. Not what I will, but what you will. What you will, God. See, this is what having this best yes in our life looks like. And here's why this matters so much. Because here in the garden was the test for Jesus. Do you realize this? That when Jesus went to the cross to die for the sins of all of humanity... And to take away the sins of the world, he didn't decide to go to the cross once he was at the cross. Did you realize this? He decided to go to the cross here in the garden. See, this is why it's so important for you and I to say yes to Jesus in our moments of overwhelming. When we say yes to him right now, sometimes we don't know what's coming down the road. But he's saying, you say yes to me right now because when it gets tougher down the road, you know you've already said yes to me and I will continue to lead you. I will continue to guide you. This is why this matters. Because you know who didn't pass the test in the garden? Adam and Eve. Amazing that Jesus shows back up in the garden to redeem and reconcile everything that was broken in the Garden of Eden. Because you know what Adam and Eve said in the Garden of Eden? They didn't say, not what I will, but what you will. You know what they said? No, God, not what you will, what I will. That's what sin is. Sin is when you and I say, no, God, not what you will, what I will. I'll take it from here. I'll, I'll lead this relationship from here. I'll act how I want to act from here. See, this is why Jesus and this prayer and his yes is so important because it's here that Jesus passes the test that nobody else in history and none of us can pass. See, we live out of his obedience. See, following God doesn't start with our obedience. Following God starts with Jesus' obedience. He was the one who's faithful. He is the one who's come to save us. And we get to live out of that grace. I love this quote by Dawson Trotman. Listen to what it says about prayer. It says, prayer is not preparation for the great work. I love what he said. It is the great work. Prayer is not just in preparation for what's to come. Prayer is the great work of you and I saying, God, not what I will, but what you will. And what Jesus did in this moment is this, as we look at this passage, I, I can't believe it. It says that he goes a little bit further and he falls to the ground. And then at the end of the passage, what we find is this. He says, rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. How does that happen? How does a man overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death who is so overwhelmed falls down on his face only to rise again and says, rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. You're going, how is that possible? See, there's Jesus going on being Superman again. I can't do that. You know how he did it? This is the invitation for you and I. He says this, let prayer be your power. 
Jesus isn't asking you and I to power up. Matter of fact, you know what we find? When you and I actually fall on our face before God is when we actually get his power. When you and I begin to deny ourselves and say, God, I'm not even going to try and do this by myself. God, I'm going to fall on my face before you. You are the only one who's perfect. You're the only one who can save me. You're the only one who can lead me. God, you are the only one. Not what I will, but what you will. And what happens in Jesus' life is this. He rises up and says, let's go. He has a power because he has laid his life before the Father. And he says, not what I will, but God, what you will. And you see it. He says this, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We have good intentions, don't we? God, 2021 is going to be the year. God, 2022 is going to be the year. God, I feel it. 2025, there's going to be a revival. 2030, Lord, right? We're finally going to get it right. Can we just acknowledge? We have a, a willing spirit. Our flesh is weak. Jesus says, quit starting with your flesh and start with me. You don't have to start with yourself. Start with my obedience. Start with my grace. Three times it says this, he got a way to pray. Sometimes we feel bad praying one time and we go, God, I, I, I hate to come back and say this again to you. Did you know that's what Jesus did? Because he was fully human. Over and over again, he kept coming back his life to say, God, my life is yours. Here's what's on my heart. Here's what I'm going through. He keeps coming back and allowing God to be his power. I love this quote. It actually comes from 680 BC. It's a Greek poet, and it's a quote that's been revitalized and brought back up. There's a book called Atomic Habits. And Atomic Habits talks about the ways that your habits actually inform what you do. And he brought this quote back from 680 BC from this Greek poet. And listen what this, what this poet said. It's this 680 BC. This is what he already recognized. It says this. We don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. Let me say that again. You and I don't rise to the level of our expectations. You and I fall to the level of our training. See, a lot of times we think, you know how I'm going to change my life? I'm going to make better goals of my life. You want to change your life? Here's how you change your life. Father, not what I will, but what you will. But what you will. You know what God is calling you and I to do today? To let Jesus' last yes be our first yes. Let Jesus' last yes here in the garden, Father, not what I will, but what you will. He's calling you and I to let his last yes be our first yes. Because life will begin to flow from there. When we begin to say, God, it is not about me and my plans because I know I have a willing spirit, but my flesh is weak and I'm sinful and actually I'm pretty selfish and my plan's in, but, and he's going this. You know what, Nate? You're, just, <laughs> you're not gonna rise to the level of your expectation. Nate, you're gonna fall to the level of your training. Matter of fact, this is what we find in the life of Jesus. Sometimes we go, man, I, you know, Jesus, man, he's just so good. He, he, he says the right things at the right time. Did you know this? This last yes was also Jesus's first yes. When Jesus says, God, not what I will, but what you will, this is what he said and prayed over and over again for all three and a half years of his ministry. Some of you are like, prove it. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Don't yell at me, all right? Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. You guys have heard it, the Sermon on the Mount, right? How does the Sermon on the Mount start? Right? Jesus begins this, 
He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. See where he's putting God? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. From the very beginning, Jesus is going, my yes, God, is not to my kingdom. My yes is to your kingdom. Over and over again in John chapter 4, when he went and he reached the woman at the well, and all the disciples come back and a crowd is formed around him. And he says, and they say, Jesus, send everybody home. We don't have food to eat him. And he goes, you feed him. They're like, we don't have anything. And Jesus says this, John chapter four, verse 34. He goes, you wanna know what my food is? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you hear his yes? See, his yes was way before the garden. It's way before the garden. This is how he could say yes in the garden because he said yes at the very beginning. Father, not my life, not my will, your will be done. John chapter six, verse 38 through 40. Some people started pressuring him a little bit more about why he's doing what he's doing. And he says this, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Do you hear his yes? His whole life is wrapped up in this yes. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day for my father's will. You ever wonder what God's will is? God's will is this, Jesus says, that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Isn't that good news? Man, we don't have to start with our yes. We start with his yes. God, you've come to save me. All I have to do is look to you and believe, to look to you and say, God, not what I will, but what you will. Paul goes on to take this a little bit further. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he makes it his yes. And he's going, God, my whole life is going to be about you. My whole life is gonna revolve around your yes. And if you study the life of the Apostle Paul who wrote the majority of the New Testament, you find he is in prison, he's out of prison, he's shipwrecked, he's beat up for preaching Jesus. It is not an easy life, but what he kept saying is this, yes to the Heavenly Father. And what we find is God doing an unbelievable work in his life despite all of the pain, despite all of the hardship, despite all of the overwhelmingness. And listen to what he says in 1 Thessalonians chapter five. He's a man who's committed to this yes who's come after him. He says, be joyful always. How in the world are we supposed to be joyful in prison, Paul? Because you know the God who said yes to you. We know the one who went to the cross for us. See, your life isn't about what you make of it. Your life is about the one who made it and wants to remake it in his grace and his mercy. Paul says, be joyful always. Pray continually. That's what our heavenly father did through the life of Jesus. And give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know what your will is in Christ Jesus? To say yes to your heavenly father. Yes, yes. If you're not a follower of Jesus, his will for you is to say yes. God, I accept what you've done for me. I accept that you are the only one who is faithful. You know what your will is as a parent, raising kids? One, you're like, I'm familiar with this prayer life now that I'm raising kids, right? 
You know what your will is as a parent? God's will for you as a parent? is to say yes. God, not what I will, but what you will for our family. You know what it is as a single person? Just say yes. You know what it is in the life of transition with your career and circumstances? So say yes. I just want to encourage you right now just to think and ponder for a moment. Where right now in your life is your heavenly father calling you to say yes? To say, God, not what I will, but what you will. Maybe it's to forgive somebody. Maybe there's been something he's been calling you to obey a long time and he's going, man, just say yes. Because your heavenly father has said yes. Matter of fact, in your workbook on page 93, we've put a little thing in there a little bit extra that it's a way for you to start identifying where God is calling you to say yes right now. And not only that, what, he, what we put in there is this. We've created what's called a rule of life. It's what you heard in First Thessalonians chapter 5. Paul kind of said, here's my rule of life. Joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. And what we want to do is this. In there, it's a way for you to begin to say, how am I going to keep saying yes to Jesus? Right now, what we're going to do is this. I'm going to pray for us. But here in a moment, we're going to take communion. And the band has got a song that they just want to sing over you to encourage you right now to say yes to the Lord, wherever he's calling you to say yes. And when you're ready during this song, we want to invite you, if you're a follower of Jesus, you got the bread and the juice, to take it, to remember. And when you take that, to go, oh yeah, God, you said yes to me first. And because you said yes to me, I'll say yes to you. Let me pray for us right now. Father, we thank you that you stepped into our world because God, too many times we think we just have to navigate this world by ourselves. Or maybe it's only about trying to get your attention. But Father, I pray right now through the power of your word and the power of your Holy Spirit that God, we would understand you already have come after us. You already have said yes to us. That Jesus is faithful and in his faithfulness, we can begin to say yes to you. Father, would you free us of thinking life just starts with us and our good works and our good words and our perfection. Life, Jesus, begins with you. Would you set us free today as we take the bread and the juice and we declare that you alone are the one that's righteous. You alone are the one who was faithful to the cross and you alone take away the sins of the world. Today, Jesus, we say yes to you.